Hey, fuck boys and fuck ladies. This is Tyler from Worst in the Industry. We have a lot of laughs on our show, and we get into some pretty heated topics, so it's important to remember that the views expressed by the hosts of Worst in the Industry are their own and in no way representations of the views held by the Planet Ant Podcast Network or Planet Ant as an organization. Yell at us, not at them. Maybe send me a dick pic every once in a while. That'd be cool. Thanks, and enjoy the show. This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast, powered by Pinecast. No, they can't fire you under the Whistleblower Act, which I'm going to talk about in my episode. Okay. Well, that's the thing, right? Is that they find a way around it. Like, it's the same thing as, as retail, right? It's, they, they, they basically, they're lenient so that you accrue demerits against yourself because you believe that there is a lenient policy. And then the second you do something that is not okay, that they don't like, they can just bring those things up. Like, with it was, for me, it was attendance. Um, because, like, they had never enforced an attendance policy, like, the way that they had said they were going to. I should have been fired. They held me for, like, an extra, like, six, eight months, and it was because of problems with my back. I ended up getting FMLA, and then when I started using FMLA, that's when they're like, you're gonna get fired for attendance now. Once, once it was inconvenient for them, once, once it was something they did not like, that's when it, it, the rules became like got enforced well do you hear that ladies or ladies and gentle thems you hear that steam whistle in the distance we are whistleblowing today here on the worst in the industry podcast my name is justin st peter and uh i'm wearing a shirt that i'm not quite sure is an advertisement or uh or a request but either way i'm cool with it to my left colin stanley also wearing a shirt that may either be an advertisement or a request uh, as it depicts the Zodiac Killer. To my right... Uh, my name's Tyler, and I'm wearing my Victor Crowley Lives These Are His Woods shirt today. It's a swamp. But yeah, it in, a swamp. in the movie, the quote is, These Are His Woods. These Are His Woods. We I watched that with my girlfriend the other night. Fucking great. Great film. I want to watch the other Hatchet movies. Watch all great of them. They're phenomenal. Effects. Yeah, all of them are practical effects. Just Every fucking rip that bitch's head right off. God damn. Just wait until you see the uh, the one where a dude is, is fucking girl doggy style and fucking Victor Crowley comes up behind him with the hatchet and cuts his head off. And she has an orgasm because his body fucking starts, you know. Yeah. Just fucking jackhammering. And she's like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, rigor doesn't set in yet. That takes a couple hours. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, like 18 to 24. Um, yeah. It's like when, mean, you, when you cut a chicken's head off and they start running around. You gotta well, like respect Mike? a man who can kill... Wilford Brimley before the diabetes. When he rips fucking <laughs> rips people's ass. arms off, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh that's a that's a br- that's a brutal one. It's a great great it's fucking great. series great. though. You should watch the Hatchet series. That's our call to action for this episode. Watch yep. the Hatchet series. Watch Hatchet. Fucking phenomenal. Right. Now, uh, Tyler, you have have not uh, told Colin and I anything at all about not what this episode dark. is going to be like. We are we not are completely in the dark. So give us give us a little something to go on there, Mama Bird. Feed, feed your feed your chirping baby birds. We feed are awaiting. Me. Feed me, mommy. Mm, mm. All right, baby birds. Well, I'm going to start off the episode with a story. <sighs> Tamara Green was a hardworking mother that just wanted the best by her kids. Finishing her nursing degree and being an exotic dancer to pay the bills, she was almost finished with her degree. One night after work, she picked up her boyfriend, and this was on April 30th, 2003 going to drop him off at one of his rental houses, at a stoplight at Roselawn and Outer Drive. A white SUV pulls up next to them, and shots rang out from a Glock 40. She was hit multiple times and killed. Her boyfriend was also hit, but he ended up living. He rolled out of the car and saw the SUV turning around to come back, and he thought this was the end. To his surprise, the SUV just drove right past him. Now, to anyone with a brain, this sounds like a hit right? Why would they 
kill her and then leave him. Mm-hmm. Intentional. It seems intentional. Why did these people want her dead? According to sources near her, the last few weeks of her life, she was incredibly panicked, saying people were following her. Her boyfriend was immediately blamed for the killing. They didn't say that he killed her, but they said someone near him killed her. Mm-hmm. Um, because he was somewhat of a well-known drug dealer, the police said it was a drug deal gone bad. They even named a person of interest close to him, but still, it doesn't make any sense. If, if it was a drug deal gone bad, and he's the drug dealer, why did they kill her and not him? Yeah, or why didn't they rob him or like hold up a stash house? Yeah, it doesn't, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. So let's get back to the claims that people were following her. Tamara started dancing at private parties, and in the fall of 2002, she was recruited with 40 or so other dancers for a party at the Manukian Mansion in Detroit, the mansion where the mayor of the city resides during their term. There were about 150 men there, including high-level city officials, police chiefs, and the hip-hop mayor himself, Kwame Kilpatrick. Yeah, yeah! Kwame! <laughs> oh, man! Mm-hmm. Yes! Yeah! Oh, here we go. <laughs> this party was apparently a fucking rager. Alcohol, weed, cocaine, whatever you wanted, it was there. They've been Kwame was... shit since the 80s, y'all. Yep. Kwame was getting a lap dance from Tamara when his wife walked in. Ooh. She beat the shit out of her with a wooden object is all they say um and she left called an ambulance at a gas station at jefferson and connor and she was brought to the hospital by three plainclothes police officers when asked what happened she said carlita hit her by the time they got to the hospital kwame his security detail and detroit pd were already there they checked her in under a false name and one of the EMS drivers, actually, all of the EMS drivers, were told to leave. That doesn't happen. No, not not at all. The driver that we got this information from, because he didn't come out with this until, like, 2009 or 2010, when asked why it took so long for him to come out with this information, he said, quote, I was afraid of getting hit, getting knocked off. You never know what could happen. The party was covered up, and no official reports could say that the party actually happened. In 2003, Michigan attorney Mike Cox said, quote, The party has all the earmarks of an urban legend, and it should be treated as such. So let's get into the man that this episode is about, Kwame Kilpatrick. He was the youngest mayor ever elected to the city of Detroit, 31 years old. He served two terms in the Michigan House of Representatives when his mother's seat was vacated doing uh, due to her going to serve in the United States Congress. He said when he was elected to mayor in 2001, quote, I stand before you as the son of, of a city of Detroit and all that it represents. I was born here in the city of Detroit. I was raised here in the city of Detroit. I went to these Detroit public schools. I understand this city. The position is personal to me. It's more than just politics. So, he kept his associates very close. Derek Miller, his high school friend, was one of his most important advisors and ended up becoming the chief administrative officer. His college roommate, Jeff Beasley, became the city treasurer, and a woman by the name of Christine Beattie, who he had known since high school, became his chief of staff. Detroit was in a really, really bad spot when he was elected in 2001. Um, they, the city had a $300 million deficit, and an ever-shrinking taxpayer base due to the white flight. He cut 7,000 city jobs. The 24-hour bus system was eliminated, and he even closed the Belle Isle Zoo and Aquarium, which ended up getting refunded um, and is still open. But during just his first term, like within the first year or two, he used city funds to lease him and his family a brand-new navigator, racked up $210,000 on extravagant dinners, expensive wine, and massages. He would end up paying back $9,000 of that money. In 2003, a civil lawsuit was filed against Kwame and his, by his ex-bodyguard, one of his ex-bodyguards, and former Deputy Police Chief Gary Brown. They claimed that they were fired due to them investigating the mayor, which is illegal under whistleblower laws. 
Gary Brown said, quote, Let me just say I never intended for this to become a mudslinging contest. I only went public as I indicated at the first press conference because I needed to clear my name, and I, like all other citizens of Detroit, I'm hoping and praying these allegations aren't true. I hope they're not true, but when you're doing an investigation and you're suddenly fired for doing it, there's something going on. He was investigating if the party happened or not. Interesting. Hmm. Yep. In 2004, Christine Beatty was pulled over for speeding. She was incredibly irate with the officers and eventually shouting at them, Do you know who the fuck I am? Confused, the officers watched as she called the Detroit police chief, Ella Bully Cummings, and the traffic stop was called off in order from the police chief herself. She claimed that she was harassed by the officers, and they eventually ended up suing her, the police chief, and Kwame Kilpatrick for slander. This was settled out of court for $25,000. In 2005, Time Magazine named him one of the worst mayors in America, which hit on an election year. Bad PR. Everyone knew this would be a tough race for Kwame. He got second place in the Democratic primary, becoming the first incumbent mayor in the city history to do so. Like, he came second place in the primary. And he's got that, most, for people not familiar, incumbents are always favored to win. And usually have a huge uh, lead in most polls when they talk about like estimated voting amounts. The fact that the Democratic Party in Michigan, a party that is so fucking shitty and awful that it turned Michigan from a solid blue to a like reddish purple state in a matter of like 20 years. The fact that even they are like, "Uh uh-uh, chief, you can't come back. You're not going to be number one. That's saying something. Yep. At his campaign rally, or one of his campaign rallies, his father, Bernard Kilpatrick, would compare the, quote, allegations of the party at the Manoogian Mansion to scapegoating the Jewish people of the Nazis. <laughs> it's yeah. like that guy who's like, this is like the... <laughs> this is like the... Cru- <laughs> I'm being what is this, Dachau? This is the crucifixion of Christ. This is the persecution of Christ. Oh, yeah. he yep. People being mean to me on Twitter. Yep. Not a good look. Um, and a group, su- a group supporting Kilpatrick, the Citizens for Honest Government, struck more controversy by comparing the media scrutiny of Kilpatrick to lynch mobs. It's because he's black. But one of these things is not like the other. You know how historically lynch mobs... Well, I guess... Never mind, I take it back. <laughs> Some of the first so, lynch mobs were used to kill black officials, like black elected officials during Jim Crow and Reconstruction. So that oh, is, sure. there is precedent for that, but... Clearly, it's not that. It's because he's a fucking corrupt piece of garbage. Yep. So, uh, radio and television personalities claimed his political career to be over uh, due to him coming second place in the primary. But Kwame would barely sneak by with 53% of the vote and be reelected in 2005. And now, his chipper attitude wouldn't last long. No. <clears throat> no. What happened to uh, Kwame so, Patrick? We're going to start going way downhill now. At the end of 2004, Kwame made a plan to borrow $1.4 billion for a pension fund. But the city legally could only borrow $600 million before they hit the debt limit for the state of Michigan. But Wall Street advisors and lawyers were chomping at the bit to make this happen. So he created two shell corporations to make the deal happen, and even threatened city council with thousands of layoffs unless they approved it. The plan was, as USA Today put it, quote, Despite the debt deal's apparent sophistication, the concept was actually quite simple. Kilpatrick and the city council took out a jumbo mortgage, gave the sparkling mansion, in this case, a pile of cash, to their politically connected friends, and kept the debt obligation. So they made this deal with variable interest rates, which would have worked great, Uh, if the economy didn't collapse a few years later. And the city of Detroit would end up paying an additional $1.14 billion in interest due to this. So we literally, they hung, they put all their eggs in one basket, and the basket was the American real estate industry, Mm -hmm. which is ironic given who's in charge of Detroit today. Yep. There's no way there's a connection there. There's absolutely no way there's a connection there. Yep. So, um, 
like I was saying earlier, back in back in two thousand three, um, Gary Brown and uh, Kwame's ex bodyguard uh, filed a civil lawsuit against Kwame Kilpatrick for firing them um, under the Whistleblower Act. And in two thousand seven, the trial actually started. Uh, at that time, it also came out that Kwame Kilpatrick was having an affair with Christine Beatty. They denied these allegations, Kwame saying, quote, I think it was pretty demoralizing to her. You have to know her, but it's demoralizing to me as well. He said, My mother is a congresswoman. There have always been strong women around me. My aunt is a state legislator. I think it's absurd to assert that every woman that works with a man is a whore. I think it's disrespectful not just to Christine Beatty, but to women who do a professional job that they do every single day. And it's also disrespectful to their families as well. They were definitely fucking. Uh, they definitely, oh, yeah. were they, they were definitely fucking. He was definitely just every fucking night. But I think this is very interesting because you see this get rolled out all the time. And this is, will be relevant depending on the order of episode release to yeah. my episode. <laughs> my my two-parter because somebody does something that is very clearly unethical illegal possibly immoral right mm. the defense isn't that they didn't do it but that accusing that person of doing it how dare you is bigotry me. in and of itself yeah. it is a a bigoted persecution is a witch hunt it's they're trying to say that this party happened because Kwame's black. They're trying to say that this staffer, this aide, this this member of his organization, his administration, is sleeping with him because she's a woman. Not because they're actually doing it, which is why. Mm-hmm. Not because he's actually corrupt and this party happened, which is why. They pivot to make it seem like you're racist or you're sexist, or in the case of my episodes, you're anti-Semitic through this, uh, this accusation. These very well-founded accusations. These things you that we now know to be true. You don't need a defense if you're always on offense. Yep. There you go. It's what happened with Trump, too. Same thing. Wish Democrats were better about that, but, like, yeah. in a good way, you know? Kwame's a Democrat. No, but I mean, like, I mean, like, in a way that wins them elections yeah. and makes them well, have to do things that help people versus yeah. just going, like, what do you mean? Poor That's people need money. Work. Haven't you seen all my freezer ice cream? So, um, this trial, and want to say that both him and Christine Beatty under oath denied the allegations of them Perjury. having an affair. So, the trial ended a month <laughs> later. One month later, or actually it was like three weeks, with the jury only needing three hours of deliberation, they came to a verdict that would award Gary Brown and the ex-bodyguards million in damages. Hot damn. All right, good for that. He would go on to say, he would go on to say in a press conference, Kwame Kilpatrick, quote, there's race in this, and we run from it in this region. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And I think it's impossible for us to move forward as a region without confronting it head on. But I don't want what happened in the last 24 months to be erased by what has happened in the last two days. Does he... I don't I don't remember... Obviously, I was a child at the time. I don't remember Kwame Kilpatrick ever doing anything, period, to, like, improve the lot of black people in Detroit or reduce the systemic and institutional racism that has ruled Detroit since 1920, previous yeah. to that, since... Since the end of the Civil War, basically. I I have no... Like, he didn't do anything. So the fact that he's using the fact that he's black as a shield against these accusations is very clear. Without the fucking pedigree of actually doing anything. Just shows he's like a, a shiftless, gutless worm. Kwame appealed this. Um, and it was increased to 8.4 million. <laughs> nice! <laughs> Gotta love it. Nice job! Fuck you. Thank you, Michigan Circuit Court. <laughs> So, there was a bit of a shady deal 
between the plaintiffs and the defendants. What? In this deal, to keep text messages between Beatty and Kilpatrick sealed, if either of the plaintiffs were to give any information on those text messages, Gary Brown would have to forfeit $3 million. The ex-bodyguard would have to forfeit forfeit $2 million. They really wanted these text messages to say stay sealed because it would go against their sworn statements in court. An investigation into this had Kwame and Beatty charged with obstruction of justice, conspiracy, misconduct in office, and perjury. City council called for Kwame to resign as mayor, and the governor at the time, Jennifer Granholm, had the power to do so. Granholm said the inquiry was like a trial, and her role would be, quote, functioning in a manner similar to a judicial officer. Kwame would go on to say, when scrutinized for making the city pay $8.4 million in restitution, that he paid it paid it back through, quote, hard work for the city. <laughs> and said any talk of him being dismissed was, quote, political rhetoric. I, I made it back for the city by gutting the minimal public services that we were, we were providing, uh, completely, like, hamstringing public transportation like as just a continuation of white flight and redlining policies that racist white people put in place he's doing the same shit and that's how he yeah that's paying back sure fuck whatever motherfucker couldn't even get the gordy howe hat trick on mayoral charges you piece of shit go fuck yourself yep so three months after the conclusion of the trial in early 2008 The Detroit Free Press released 14,000 text messages between <laughs> Beatty and Kilpatrick. Jesus Christ. So that's, that's... The t- a lot of these text messages did involve city business, but also included them talking about using city funds for romantic getaways. Sounds like city business to me. Do you Christine want to go fuck Be- at the Department of Water and Power? Yeah. <laughs> Christine, Be- Christine Beatty would resign on January 28th. And in March of 2008, the Free Press published another text message, just one, just one text message, that Kwame sent to all of his staff. And it said, quote, We must answer the question, why Gary Brown was fired. It will be asked. I need a short, powerful answer. I just need a good answer, whatever it might be. I actually remember this, because this is, this was like the first time in my life I'd ever paid attention to politics, because... Obama was being elected, and everybody was like, you're going to remember this for the rest of your life. People are going to ask you where you were when Barack Obama was elected, and you're going to be able to tell them. And I was like, oh, you mean in a classroom? Like, that's where I was. But I remember reading that article uh, and going like, man, this seems bad. But I was like 10 at the time, 10 yeah. or 11. So it's like, yeah, yeah, it does seem bad. It's bad yeah, you're enough just, that I was You're just figure figuring out. out how your dick works then. I, was, I wasn't even getting regular boners, and I knew Kwame Kilpatrick was a crook. What's that tell you? <laughs> so, during all of this, on March 13th, he delivered the State of the City Address. And it was a relatively normal speech. He talked about, you know, whatever. We have had more arrests for auto theft and blah, 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 and whatever. More people are going to jail. That's a good thing. More people are so desperate they're stealing cars. Until the end, when he went off script. It's he that... said he said the N-word on live TV during a State of the City address. People were outside literally protesting, calling for his resignation. Do I care if a black politician or any black person on TV says the N-word? No. No, I don't. Good for them. Do I think that this guy has the biggest fucking persecution complex in the world? Yes. Yes, I do. Do I think some of it is probably founded on racism? Again, yes, I do. Do I think a majority of it is him just being openly criminal? Yes. Yes, I do. It's hard to deny. (laughs) Yeah. So, on the 24th of March, uh, which is 11 days after that, 12-count criminal indictment came down on him and Christine Beatty, her with seven felonies, and him with eight. Oh, so he beat the Gordie Howe. 
full dozen. It's, <laughs> it's it's a when you get when you get either eight goals in a game, or <laughs> eight felony charges. That's a that's a that's a Kwame Kilpatrick hat trick. Yep. That's a that's a Kwame kill hat trick. Heyo. Heyo. So the trial was set for six months later, and so that gave him some time to think about what he's done, come up with a good, you know, defense. Lie. Everything. So he went to, I believe it was North Carolina. Yeah, it was North Carolina. Oh, so he fled um, the state. For, no, he, it, like, he, he can't, like, he's under bond right now, but he can leave if he lets the court know where he's going. They, they only tell you not to leave the state when they think you're gonna run, and also yeah. when you're not, like, a public official. Uh, like, oh, yeah, and so part of his, part of his bail was he can, uh, he can leave he just has to let the court know in this situation he did let the court know that he was going to this um it was a dr martin luther king jr memorial event and later it was found out that he got a couple's spa package using city funds and the other name on the bill for his room was carmen slowski complete with champagne chocolate-covered strawberries, and bubble baths. That doesn't sound like an alias. His wife was at home in Detroit. I feel like... I don't... Here's the thing, though, right? Because this... We talk a lot about, like, psych, like psychosis, right? Like, that, that kind of mindset where, like, people aren't people. They're things. And the way you get off is by using them and by being flagrant about it. And at a certain point, you want to get caught because you want everybody to know how smart you were the whole time and how good at your job you were the whole time. This feels a lot like Ted Bundy killing all those girls with a fucking log. That's that's what this feels like to me. It feels like he's like completely like he's like, I know I'm going down. He's in berserker mode. I'm going to keep going. Exactly. I'm in berserker mode. Like he's he's just racking up the bodies. But in this case, well, he's already killed people. (laughs) people killed but um he's just like how many more offenses can i commit i'm already getting eight felony charges let's keep going let's see what i, I can yeah do. i mean it's, it's, it's not score. like he can get charged with cheating on his wife exactly but our miss he could get charged with misappropriation of of city funds oh yeah yeah he planned on getting charged with that i'm sure this this feels too much like a, a trail of reese's pieces He's, he's he's really James Woodsing himself into this cardboard box. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. <laughs> I love Reese's Pieces. They're my favorite candy. They're all right. Re- you mean Reese's Pieces? I'll fucking kill. Who? Let's, okay, let's move on. All right, yeah, let's move on before, before we get before we get heated. So, <laughs> this is when we're getting heated. <laughs> in August, a um, couple months before his trial, like two months, I think. He went to Windsor, Ontario to talk to the Windsor mayor, Eddie Francis, about a loan deal involving Windsor taking complete control of the Detroit-Windsor tunnel and loaning the city of Detroit $75 million. Fuck. That's the a issue, bad deal. The issue with this, due to his bail restrictions, he needed to tell the court if he left the city. Uh-oh. He, he did not. When he came back, he was ordered to serve one day in a Wayne County jail, marking the first time a sitting mayor of Detroit was held in jail. There's a lot of firsts for this guy. Wow. I definitely think part of why it's they're coming down so hard is because he's black. Like, I'm sure lots of white mayors got away with this kind of shit. Yeah. That said, it feels like a little too late for the city of Detroit. Like, Just a little. Yep. We... <laughs> We should have he been is still, these motherfuckers He is still in jail. mayor at this time. Yeah, yeah, still, yeah, still in office. So he was released on $50,000 bail on the condition of no travel and to wear an electronic tracker. And I can't think of a better look for a Detroit mayor than a dude with a fucking anklet on. Yeah, House arrest anklet. Oh. That guy has more in common with a girl I went to high school with that literally sucks toes for crystal meth than most other 
politicians. Who would that be, Colin? We can cut this out. I want to know. I don't think you got. You guys don't know her. There's no way you know her. Oh, she, did she go to a different school? She came from a different district. She. I only knew her through somebody else, and they stopped being friends. Uh, and then she graduated the year after me. But she lives. As last I heard, she lives with some guy in his house on a lake. He owns a boat and a jet ski, and she lets him suck her toes for crystal meth. Girl boss. She's really girl, girl bossed her way into a bad situation. I don't know if I could girl boss my way out of this one. <laughs> oh, it was either meth right. or crack. I can't remember, but I'm pretty yeah. sure it was meth. Probably one of them not. is not really better than the other. Meth feels like more of a lakefront drug than crack. What the fuck do you mean by that? <laughs> I feel... Well... Are you... <laughs> Is there a risk of explosion in crack manufacturing? Yes! Yes! I thought it was... Okay, that's good information for me to have. But... <laughs> why, why are you going to freebase fucking crack like in your bathroom? I don't know. I can't explain it. But it oh, feels you want like to rent a lake house? and Not on a beach, because a beach is too luxurious, but, like, in the marsh, where there's, like, lots of, like, slimy dirt and, like, reeds, and you, you're not really wearing the right clothes for it, so, like, you're... Your cut-off jeans are all fucking wet. And the bugs under your skin are actual bugs. Lots of ticks. You got yeah, lots, lots of ticks. Yeah, lots of ticks. Yeah, this tick season's been awful in Michigan, let me tell you. Yeah, so, uh, moving forward. Yeah. At the trial, he pled no contest to two felonies of obstruction of justice and one count of assaulting a deputy a charge stemming from an altercation at the Manugian mansion, when officers came to his house to serve a subpoena, he shoved one of the officers. I'd do the same shit if I was mayor. Yeah, but he was Don't also mobbed mayor. up with with a well. Yeah, but it, that's a that's a crime, Colin. As it, as it sits. Ugh. Whatever. Crimes. So, as part of the plea agreement, he agreed to serve four months in the Wayne County Jail pay $1 million of restitution to the city of Detroit, surrender his license to practice law, five years probation, and to never run for public office during his probation period. He was also required to resign as the mayor of Detroit, surrender his state pension from six years of service in the Michigan House of Representatives before being elected mayor. Oh, wow. So they disbarred him, they took his pension... And they stopped him from running for office again within his probationary period. For five years, yeah. <laughs> it's so. such a... What a fucking... What a absolute sham of a fucking country live in. It's oh, like, we're, we'll, we'll, it'll get even better, Colin. You got charged with being a corrupt politician, so you can't be one for five years. Yeah. So he got 120 days in jail. Uh, he got released after 99 days. From there... He was put on a he was put on a private charter jet, brought down to South Lake, Texas, where he would reside with his family in a three thousand dollar a month rental home, and he worked for a subsidiary company of Copyware, which is a Detroit-based company. Peter Carmanos Jr., the CEO of Copyware, was one of the businesses that loaned Kilpatrick huge sums of money in late two thousand eight. Kilpatrick came back to Detroit to talk about his restitution with the judge. He claimed poverty. <laughs> said said he only had three thousand dollars a month, which eventually he ended up saying, "Yo, listen, um, I can only pay you guys six dollars a month." Ooh, fucking six dollars. Six dollars. Yep. Like me trying to talk down my student loans. <laughs> I can uh, pay you guys six dollars. How would you guys feel about seventy-five cents? <laughs> Scrounge up whatever's in the cup holder. Yep. Uh, and by November of 2009, Kilpatrick was on the stand in Detroit to explain his apparent poverty. He claimed to have no knowledge of who was paying for his multi-million dollar home, the Cadillac Escalades that were in the driveway, and all the other lavish expenses. The former mayor also denied any knowledge of his wife's finances, or even whether she had a job. During this hearing, it was revealed that <laughs> Peter Carmanos Jr. 
Roger Penske, and other business leaders had provided substantial amounts of money to the Kilpatricks to convince the mayor to resign and plead guilty. Is that Penske of Penske, uh, fucking, not oil, auto parts? Unsure. More than likely. I'm pretty Um, sure they're a Michigan-based company. So, on January 20th, 2010, the judge ruled that Kilpatrick would have to pay the city of Detroit $300,000 within 90 days. (laughs) Big surprise. He didn't do it. And he was sentenced to one and a half to five years in prison for violating his probation. And this was in 2010. He was released on parole in early 2011. So didn't even serve the one and a half years? Nope. So... In 2010, it came out that Kwame was involved in an incredibly controversial sludge-hauling deal. Quote, Kilpatrick and his father also figured, but had not been charged, in evidence surrounding a bribery-tainted $1.2 billion sewage slug contract the city of Detroit awarded to Sinagro? I think that's how you pronounce it. S-Y-N-A-G-R-O. Sinagro? Sinagro? I don't know. Sinagro. Sinagro. Sinagro Technologies, Inc. in 2007. According to the court documents and people familiar with the case, former Sinagro official James Rosendahl made huge contributions to the Kilpatrick Civic Fund and gave Kilpatrick free flights to Las Vegas and Mackinac Island. Rosendahl also told investigators that he made cash payments to Bernard Kilpatrick, who told Rosendahl that he got him access to City Hall. Bernie Hussein Sanders Kilpatrick. Yep. Bernie said he changed his last name after all this went down. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, they Bernard don't say the Hussein part out loud either. They don't say the Man, Hussein enough. I think it's important. I think, like... I just think it's important. It's important. People don't hit the Hussein hard enough. WXYZ TV found out in 2007... <laughs> that Kilpatrick used $8,600 from the Kilpatrick Civic Fund to take his wife, three sons, and a babysitter to a week-long vacation at a five-star California resort, the La Costa Resort and Spa. The fund, which was controlled by Kilpatrick's sister and friends, was created to improve the city of Detroit through voter education, economic empowerment, and crime prevention. Tax and accounting experts said that Kilpatrick's use of the fund was a violation of IRS regulations. (laughs) The story was also compounded after WXYZ's cameras caught Kilpatrick in a fit of rage, grabbing the microphone out of the hand of reporter Ray Saya and throwing it. (laughs) I mean, fuck those journalists. A lot of them are shit heels. Goddamn fucking vultures. You can't do that. Like, it just makes you look bad. It's a bad look. It's a bad look. On June 23, 2010, Kilpatrick was indicted on 19 federal counts, including 10 counts of mail fraud, 3 counts of wire fraud, 5 counts of filing a false tax return, and 1 count of tax evasion. Each count of fraud carries a maximum sentence of 20-year imprisonment and a fine of $250,000. And each tax count carries a maximum sentence of three to five years and a fine of $250,000. They caponed him. Yeah. It is alleged that Kilpatrick devised a scheme to use the Kilpatrick Civic Fund to pay for personal expenses to fund his mayoral campaigns. Some of the alleged expenses included yoga, golf clubs, summer camp for his children, personal travel, a lease on a Cadillac DeVille, moving expenses, a crisis manager for overseeing his public image and focus groups. You know what else I heard? That's fucking what? ridiculous. Hey, Kwame Kilpatrick fucked an ostrich. That's that's a two. That's maybe even no three man job. Allegedly. There's no way. Allegedly. allegedly. That'd be a sick ostrich. It's. I'm sorry. The word allegedly was being thrown around entirely too much. It's. Just, it's. I gotta. I gotta make a letter Kenny reference. <laughs> oh, so. Not so bad. All right. So. On December 14th, 2010, Kilpatrick was again indicted on new corruption charges 
in what the uh, federal prosecutor called a pattern of extortion, bribery, and fraud by some of the city's most prominent officials. His father, Bernard Kilpatrick, was also indicted, as was contractor Bobby Ferguson, Kilpatrick's aide, Derek Miller, and Detroit Water Department Chief Victor Mercado. Man, I'm sure all those names sound familiar to you guys, because I'm sure you've heard them before. Oh, yeah. I just started, I watched Chinatown, starring Jack yeah. Nicholson, and it centers around this conspiracy about the Water and Power Department is the dam being built. I think it's really funny that, <laughs> that like, in every fucking city, but especially Detroit, it's so dirty and so, like, shitty, and nobody gives, like, half a fuck about even trying to pretend that they're legitimate. And the second anybody looks into it, it's like, oh, everybody's a felon. And, like, there's hundreds of felons just running around, running the city, running, like, Oh wow! Did they? And then you look like who were they friends with? Who did they give money to? It's like all of the U.S. Congress. All of Congress is fucking dirty as shit, and you have to be to get elected. Yep. So, the original thirty-eight charge indictment listed allegations of thirteen fraudulent schemes and awarding contract in the city's Department of Water and Sewage, which pocketed kickbacks of nearly a million dollars. He was arraigned on January 10th, 2011, on charges in the 89-page indictment. Jesus Christ. Federal prosecuting attorneys proposed a trial date for January 2012, but defense attorneys asked for a trial date in the summer of 2012. Opening statements for the trial began in September of 2012. Prosecutors soon brought forth a large number of witnesses who gave damaging testimony. Mercado took a plea deal while the trial was in progress. In 2013, on March 11th, in spite of vigorous defense that cost taxpayers more than a million dollars, Kilpatrick was found guilty on a two dozen accounts, including those for racketeering, extortion, mail fraud, and tax evasion, among others. Mail fraud. Mail fraud. Shortly, Uspis is coming to Waco. Yeah, I got jammed up on a fucking mail fraud charge. It's total bullshit. Shortly after the conviction, speaking about Kilpatrick, Judge Nancy Edmonds ruled in favor of convicting him, saying, quote, detention is required in this circumstance. And he was sentenced to 28 years in prison on October 10th, 2013. Kilpatrick, Federal, Federal, Bureau, Federal Bureau of Prisons Register. No, no, I, I wrote down all that shit. Whatever. Uh, he served it at the uh, Federal Correctional Institution, Oakdale, which is a uh, low-security prison in Oakdale, Louisiana. So he got uh, he got white-collar prison. Oh, of course. They didn't fucking send him to Angola? Yeah. Didn't yeah. Go to Sing and, uh... If, if you guys don't know, uh, there is no parole in the federal prison system. Yep. Which is fine. However, yep. however, with time off for good behavior, his earlier, earliest possible release date would be August 1st, 2037, and he would be 67 years old. Man, it's listen, so, alright, John Hinckley Jr. got out of prison, so... Good for him, but yep. okay, but here's the thing. Kwame Kilpatrick committed a crime... And John Hinckley Jr. is a hero. I have to take that out of the podcast. You don't! I don't disagree. You don't have to take that out. We have the disclaimer. I'm not encouraging anything. That's fair. God damn it. God damn it, Justin. uh, That man is a saint. (laughs) I'll wear a medal with his face on it. So... Uh, Victor Mercado pleaded guilty to one count of conspiracy. Bobby Ferguson was sentenced to 21 years in prison. Derek Miller pleaded guilty to tax evasion, was sentenced to three years of supervision, uh, and the first year being in a halfway house. Bernard Kilpatrick was sentenced to 15 months in prison. Uh, Another one of his associates, Emma Bell, received two years probation, was fined $330,000 in back taxes as part of her plea deal. 
first Independence Bank, which was used by Kilpatrick and Ferguson, was fined $250,000 for failing to follow an anti-money laundering regulations. Fourteen companies were suspended from bidding on contracts when the Water Department was in the wake of this scandal. Inland Waters Pollution Control, Inc. paid $4.5 million in the settlement of a lawsuit over their involvement with Kilpatrick, Ferguson, and the Water Board. Lakeshore Toll Test Corps reached a $5 million settlement with the Water Board to avoid litigation. And, like, I think, again, it bears repeating. The only reason this is happening to Kwame and his administration is because it's Detroit, so there's not a lot of leverage there, because there's not much left to leverage. Mm-hmm. And two, yeah. he's black. Like, yeah. it's it falls into the easy narrative. Look at all the other fucking mayors and governors throughout the fucking country that do just as bad, if not worse, and never see the inside of a courtroom, let alone a prison. Fucking Rahm Emanuel... Former, gov- former mayor of Chicago and former uh, member of the Obama administration literally helped cover up a police murder. Like, they killed a kid, and he helped them cover it up. And all he does now is write opinion pieces about how people are mean to him. Like, it's, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. You know, one of these days, we've got to go through the, the industry that is these people's careers of just, like, writing think pieces and being themselves after these, these massive press blow-ups. Yep. Not so, enough John Hinckley's in the world. As Kwame was serving his sentence, January 20th, 2021 came around. President Donald Trump's last day in office. He commuted Kilpatrick's sentence. <laughs> Kwame's out of jail. No sh- I did not hear about this. Yeah, Kwame's out of jail. Even though uh, Trump actually criticized Kilpatrick during this trial. Game recognized game. Yeah, I mean, I think, one, one crook to another. I would assume the the thought behind the process is it can use it as cover to not be racist. And also, he's setting a precedent for, like, oh, yeah, like, you can get the sentence of, uh, you know, an executive who gets fucking jammed up on all these charges 20 years after the fact. You know, like, uh, just, 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 just in case. Not so the, uh, the but just in case. The official statement pardoning Kwame Kilpatrick said, quote, Mr. Kilpatrick has served approximately seven years in prison for his role in a racketeering and bribery scheme while he was held in public office. During his incarceration, Mr. Kilpatrick has taught public speaking classes and has led Bible study groups with his fellow inmates. Although his pardon allowed him to get out of jail 20 years early, he is still required to pay the city of Detroit $4.8 million in restitution and serve three years probation. He will be eligible to run for political office again in 2033. Oh, Nobody, I can't wait. It's every time these motherfuckers are like, they converted, they ran a Bible study club. Nobody does the homework. It's, yeah. Nobody does the homework but me and Tyler and Justin. Yep. Read the Bible. My brain's so hard. It's so hard. But going back to the beginning when I was talking about Tamara Green, I said specifically the the bullets that killed her came from a Glock 40. What's the standard issue police sidearm? In the city of Detroit? That would be a, a Glock, Glock 40. 40. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's 9mm rounds, pretty typical. No, it's 40 caliber. Glock. Wow. That's why it's called a, a Glock a Glock 40. I'm... Fuck. Okay. I'm sorry. So <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not fast. listen. Listen, I'm not saying that the police killed her. All I'm saying is that the gun that was used to kill her just happens to be the same gun that is issued to all of the police officers. So, yeah, that's that's the uh that's the it's the ballad of Kwame Kilpatrick. The saga of the so- it's the it's the the ballad of Kwame. I don't know if he's that hip hop because he's not cool. I don't, I don't think he is. He's pretty fucking cool. He's, I like how confident he is that he's not going to get caught, and I love I love him constantly going, 
fucking person. This is like a lynch mob. Like, I love that. I love when people are so up at arms when they're very clearly in the wrong. I love that. But he's... It's not hip-hop. The AMA going after me is like the persecution of Christ. It's like the persecution of Christ. I feel like I'm being crucified here. <laughs> Just like John Brinkley. Just like John Brinkley. John Brinkley, not Hinkley. Oh, boy. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that, that, is, that is an interesting story. I'm really glad that you didn't tell us anything about this beforehand, Tyler, so that way it was uh, it was very much a surprise for us because this was... This was uh, Colin, put your fucking tits away. <laughs> I did. Um, let me see. Let me see your belly. Let me see your belly. <laughs> let me see we can't. Belly. We oh. cannot see your belly. We can see your nipple. Oh, there's a nipple. The sweater that you're wearing underneath your shirt. You fucking Polak. I was raised to withstand the cold. <laughs> I was bred anyway. for this. <laughs> anyway, Justin, what were you saying? I I was just saying that like. I know I, I remember snippets of this growing up, you know, because it, it, it can't tell from a lot of things that we have said and continue to say. The three of us have, have grown up in the metro Detroit area, uh, so this was this was big news, huge news when it was happening. And, you know, our parents talked about it. It was, it was you know, family gatherings. Uh, you know, I'm sure all of us heard a whole lot of racist nonsense about this. but A lot of people saying... Something that rhymed with big, if true, but it not quite. Didn't help that Obama right. was running for office, too. So there's yeah. just, like, a lot of people, like, these black men like to talk on TV a lot. It's like, yeah, Grandma, they do. They went to more college than you ever did. Yeah. Grandma's being racist. Get the cage out again. Get the cage out. Put, I put my grandma in a large size dog cage because I love her. Because she is a family. But she is a racist bitch and she deserves to be in the cage. <laughs> no, there's no padding in there anyway. There's no padding. Hard floor. You don't put a fucking dog bed in hard plastic. What if she pisses? I don't want to clean that. <laughs> my grandma's an old woman. Well, she... any, any <laughs> Get the grandma cage. This, this is better. Break out the grandma cage. <laughs> This has been another episode of Worst in the Industry podcast. Put a towel over the top. She falls asleep. She thinks it's nighttime. Colin, no. <laughs> this has been another episode of the Worst in the Industry podcast. I'm going to go ahead and end the show before Colin reveals more of the crimes he commits against the elderly. Get uh, the grandma puppy pads. <laughs> She's got to go, and I'm not letting her out. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. I love you guys. Kisses.